At Online MedEd, we walk you through every topic in detail, so you're ready for the boards and the wards. Masculinization occurs when there's excess androgens. Excess androgens can lead to one of two things, hirsutism and virilization. Androgens can come from different places, the ovary or the adrenal glands. And there can be way too much or just a little bit extra. What I want to do is start off by showing you a method to approach patients who have masculinization and then build a table with you to talk about the five different diseases you have to know about. Talk a little bit about the details, bringing out the truth, and returning to a high-end view what you need to know for the test. So let's start off by talking about the difference between hirsutism and virilization. The hirsute patient is going to be fat and hairy. Excess body hair and obesity. And that body hair is going to be in a male pattern distribution. Beard, chest hair, back hair. Hirsute, fat and hairy, is generally caused by a modest elevation in androgens. In contrast, virilization is a more severe form. Virilization is hirsute plus. She is fat and hairy, but will also have things like clitoromegaly, a deepened voice, and may even develop androgenic muscles. This is the female bodybuilder who injects exogenous testosterone in order to build muscles. This is the type of person that you'd see if she was exogenously injecting. But there are conditions that can actually induce this in girls or adolescent females, and it's caused by severe elevations in the androgen. When it comes to androgen, there's two types. There's testosterone and DHEAS. Testosterone comes from the ovaries. And if you have to evaluate the ovaries, the best way to do that is with an ultrasound. DHEAS comes from the adrenal glands. The best way to evaluate that is going to be with a CT or MRI. Those are the preferred imaging tests. But to the patient, her body doesn't care if it's testosterone from the ovaries or DHEAS from the adrenal glands. The end result is the same, excess androgen. And depending how much there is will determine hirsutism versus virilization. The last consideration you need to make is that who, someone who has a cancer, and cancers do whatever they want, versus someone who does not have a cancer. If the pathology is cancer, that is a tumor, likely there's going to be a lot of androgens produced. And because cancers are usually unilateral, on imaging, you'd find a unilateral problem. Whereas nodic cancers generally cause modest elevations in the androgens, and nodic cancers are generally going to be bilateral problems. So on imaging, you're going to notice both endocrine organs involved. So using this framework, let's now build the table and talk about the different diseases. We're going to do that based on the physical exam, what the testosterone is doing, what the DHEAS is doing, 
if you got imaging, what would you see? And then the details of diagnosis and management. The first of these diseases is going to be the most important of this lesson, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is caused by anovulation. And if you remember, for the first half of the cycle, estrogen predominates. And then at ovulation, it switches to progesterone. In polycystic ovarian syndrome, there is no ovulation. And so there's all of these atretic follicles, which cause an excess in androgens. So the patient is going to have a problem of the ovary. Because it's a problem of the ovary, testosterone will be elevated. Because it's not a cancer, it's going to be only modestly elevated. Modest elevations and androgens lead to hirsutism. Because it's a problem of the ovary and not the adrenal glands, the DHEAS levels will be normal. And if you got imaging because it's not a cancer, it's going to be bilateral ovaries. Now, PCOS is primarily an endocrine disease. The patient is going to be hirsute with anovulation, but is also going to show evidence of metabolic syndrome, obesity, dyslipidemia, prediabetes, or insulin sensitivity. And in reality, what you do to diagnose PCOS is get the endocrinopathies and rule out other diseases like thyroid, Cushing's, prolactin. For the test, what I want you to remember is that the way you can make the diagnosis is either biochemically or imaging. You already have the hirsute patient with anovulation by history. Then you get either an LH to FSH ratio greater than 3 to 1 or an ultrasound that shows all the atretic follicles. If you have that history in either one of these, the diagnosis is done. And the treatment begins with exercise and weight loss. The goal is to get her to ovulate. And exercise and weight loss is one way you can do that. We can also treat her medically. Any patient who has PCOS should be on metformin. This is not just because of the insulin resistance and frank diabetes that comes from the disease. It also helps with ovulation in PCOS. If she does not want to get pregnant, we can do oral contraception. We basically take over her cycles for her. If she does want to get pregnant, we need to push her into ovulation, so we do that with clomiphene. And then we can treat her symptomatically with the hirsute symptoms by putting her on antiandrogens like spironolactam. Lots of different ways to treat it. All of them are good for PCOS. Sticking with the ovaries, but moving into a tumor, you can talk about the sertoli Leydig tumor. This is a germ cell tumor of the ovaries. And because it's the ovaries, the testosterone is going to be elevated. And because it's a cancer, it's going to be very elevated. Because it's very elevated, the patient is going to present with virilization. Because it's a problem with the ovary, the DHEAS levels are going to be normal. And because it's a cancer, if you did imaging, what you'd see is unilateral ovary. The diagnosis is made because it's a tumor of the ovary with a transvaginal ultrasound, and because it's a tumor, resection is curative. In, in general, sertoli tumors 
are not malignant, and so all you need to do is a unilateral oophorectomy, and the patient generally is cured. Sticking with the cancer concept, but moving now to the adrenals, let's talk about an adrenal tumor. Because it's an adrenal problem, the DHEAS will be elevated. Because it's a cancer, it's going to be very elevated. Because it's very elevated, we'll see virilization. Because it's a problem of the adrenal glands, the testosterone will be normal. Because it's a cancer, if you've got imaging, what you'd see is unilateral adrenal. The best way to visualize an adrenal problem is with a CT or MRI. But because what we've learned about adrenal tumors, before you go resecting it, what you need to do is an adrenal vein sampling. This is because in someone with a hyperfunctioning adrenal gland and an identified adenoma on imaging, it turns out that half the time the hyperfunctioning adrenal gland isn't the other side without the mass. So you have to confirm laterality by doing adrenal vein sampling before you go cut out the wrong adrenal gland. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia is a really complex disease, but I'm going to try to make it simple for you. Because it's a problem of the adrenal gland, you're going to see elevations in the DHEAS. Because it's a problem of the adrenal gland, you're not going to see any changes in testosterone, so it'll be normal. Because it's not a cancer, there's not a lot of androgen, so the person is going to be hirsute. If you got imaging, what you'd see is bilateral adrenal. And the best way to image the adrenal glands is with CT or MRI. But to make the diagnosis of congenital adrenal hyperplasia, especially for the test, it's 17-hydroxyprogesterone in the urine. And this is where the problem comes in with congenital adrenal hyperplasia. The one that we learn about is a deficiency of 21-beta-hydroxylase. What happens is that without 21-beta-hydroxylase, 17-hydroxyprogesterone accumulates, and so it can be detected in the urine. All of the cholesterol that gets pushed into the adrenal pathway is shunted towards DHEAS because without 21-beta-hydroxylase, you can't make cortisol or aldosterone. And the body, feeling the effects of the absent cortisol and aldosterone, tries to make more. And so hypertrophy is the adrenal gland, feeding it more cholesterol. But because of the deficiency of the enzyme, you're shunted towards DHEAS. With different forms of congenital adrenal hyperplasia, you can get more severe forms. So in truth, a young girl can present with virilization because of severity of congenital adrenal hyperplasia, or it might be an adolescence or adulthood that she begins to become hirsute. For this lesson, what I want you to learn is congenital adrenal hyperplasia is not a cancer, so it's bilateral, not a lot. It's of the adrenal gland, so it's DHEAS. The way you make the diagnosis is by seeing bilateral problems of the adrenal gland and getting a 17-hydroxyprogesterone. Now, the whole problem is that it's because of the absent enzymes. The body is trying to make more cortisol and make more aldosterone. So if you just give her that, if you give her what she doesn't have, the cortisol, 
and aldosterone with fludrocortisone. The impetus to stimulate the adrenal glands will disappear, and she'll no longer have excess androgens. Whether you pick cortisol or cortisol and fludro is again dependent on the severity of the disease. So the truth about congenital adrenal hyperplasia is that it can be both virilization or hirsutism, and it depends on which enzyme deficiency you have, and the presentation can be in childhood, adolescence, or adulthood. Learn hirsute, adrenal, 17-hydroxyprogesterone. And then the wild card is familial hirsutism. The patient is hirsute, but everything is totally normal, which means you can't do anything to treat her. You can try antiandrogens like spironolactone, or you can do cosmetic procedures like laser hair removal, waxing, shaving, so that she looks normal, but that might just be a normal anatomic variant. All right. Got into a lot of the little details there, so I want to step back big picture. What I want you to see is that you can have a tumor of the ovaries, lots of testosterone, virilization, ultrasound is the way you look at the ovaries, cut it out. You can have a tumor of the adrenal gland, lots of DHEAS, virilization, image it, don't forget about adrenal vein sampling, cut it out. Then know a little bit about the details of PCOS and congenital adrenal hyperplasia. For congenital adrenal hyperplasia, look for bilateral adrenal involvement, get the 17-hydroxyprogesterone in the urine, and replace the enzymes that she's deficient in. For PCOS, look for the hirsute person with anovulation and metabolic syndrome, get either an endocrine or an imaging diagnosis, and then treat with metformin and OCPs if she does not want to get pregnant, metformin and clomiphene if she does, and if she wants to simply control the hirsute symptoms, use spironolactone. That is masculinization.